0: Entire River in the Hills family. Lord, we humble ourselves before you now to receive your word. As we've received your word, we receive it engrafted in us. Lord, transform me today from the inside out. We're not just hearing a message now. Oh, that's the time. Lord, we come before your holy word. We come before you. We say, Lord, have your way. Would you transform me and conform me to your image. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Y'all can be seated. Thank you, Micah. I appreciate that. I just feel like there was so much already the Lord's been doing. Um, could you get that somewhere? I'm not supposed to see what I'm doing with that. So. Uh, So much the Lord is has been doing that we there's like a there's the Holy Spirit many times moves in waves. By the way, I dressed a little by faith today—a spring pink outfit, changing it up because we're believing for spring weather, right? Blue bonnets, Indian paintbrushes. Time change next week, right? Spring forward. Um, But there are waves of the Spirit, and so I I really wanted. To take a moment for the Lord to kind of let what's been already happened today go down deep in your spirit, for then what He's wanting to do now do now with the Word, and uh, with our lives. So, if you have your notes, if that they, they'll help you to follow along. I can skip around as well, uh, and you can dig deeper in the notes later this week. But uh, most of you would agree that we are living in an hour of great shaking. I mean, the COVID pandemic's been going on for over a year now, and a dozen other kinds of pressures have been reverberating throughout our our world, really, throughout our government, our economy, our culture, our education system. I mean, things have been turned upside down on the entire planet. There's been a great shaking, but at the same time, At the same time, God is also positioning the church for a coming great awakening. There is great shaking. There's coming and is now the beginning of great awakening. Mike Bickle called it the great shakening because they're both happening simultaneous with one another. So don't be dismayed when you see the shaking because you say, man, awakening is coming. Awakening of a church of the body of Christ becoming truly biblically woke, all right? I want biblical woke and uh, I'm taking back woke that's right. We will not be shaken. we will not be sleepy I'm getting Pentecostal and I don't I'm not even Pentecostal but in the middle of That of that, there's a. I believe there's going to be a billion soul harvest of lost souls. The church becoming awakened out of slumber, out of lukewarmness, into like what I stepped into today. I mean, y'all are fiery, and I was like, wow, I'm so glad to be here. I'm just glad to be here. (laughs) Just so you know, in the middle of this shakening, we as a church are not backing off one bit on crying out to God for good government, for fair elections, for the curtailing of lawlessness and immorality and perversion in our country and in our city. We're not backing off. We're calling out to God. With the border crisis going on that's exploded in the last two months, with Dr. Seuss being canceled with children not, still not in schools in many places, with the power grid across Texas being so mismanaged and causing this crisis. How many of you know government really does affect everyday lives of people? And it certainly affects the church. And it has been a great challenge for us to live, what, what Paul said in 1 Timothy 2, for us to live quiet, and peaceable lives in all godliness and reverence. That's being challenged and threatened like I've never experienced in my lifetime. And so we are not giving up on that. We are moving forward. We're, we're, if I believe during this great shaking, one of the main things the Holy Spirit is saying to the church is rise up, church. Rise up in the strength of the Lord, not in bravado, not in self-soulishness, but rise up in the power of God and overcome the spiritual enemies that are standing in the way of what God's provided for for you through the cross of Jesus Christ. Rise up and defeat those enemies in your life, in the lives of your family, your church, our region, our nation. Rise up, church, in this hour. Because this is not a time to, to fall back and to, and to back off and to get, go down. It's a time to rise up and defeat the spiritual enemies. I believe he's saying, resist the devil, resist the spirit of this age, and step into the move of God that is already happening and that is increasing, simultaneous with the shaking. He's saying, step into that. You know, I, I preached a message a while back. Called revival within the chalk circle, like you draw a circle around your life and say, "Really, what I'm talking about here? It starts with me. Am I going to rise up? Not just oh, y'all need to rise up. Revival in my chalk circle, then it releases to my family, to the church, to the, my neighborhood, and to the the, play, the world around us." So today, I want to go back to a familiar theme of Joshua and Caleb. That we've looked at before as they spied out the promised land. It's out of this time, it's out of Numbers 13 and Numbers 14, because there are some important lessons for us today. I believe this is very fresh and now and relevant to us. In particular, I want to look at the life of Caleb. You may not have ever really studied Caleb that much, but I want to look at the life of Caleb because in Numbers 14, verse 24. It says, my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him, I will bring into the land where he went and his descendants. That's so big. His descendants shall inherit it. Since COVID began, like I said, about a year ago, I have found myself at different times standing up here spontaneously. It's like it just kind of came out of my mouth. I'm like, How did, where did that come from? But I've been declaring that God is calling us to be a Joshua and Caleb church. He's been calling us to to not give up, but to rise up in this hour. And that's what Caleb had. He had this different spirit in him that was prime. One of the main things about this different spirit in Caleb was he didn't give up. He rose up. In the midst of... Of really looked like insurmountable odds, kind of like with your word today, Kaylee. That's, God's called us to victory in the middle of this. In the middle of what looks like insurmountable odds, he rose up. He, had, he said, I'm, I'm rising up. He didn't have a pity party. He had a victory party. Yeah. And I believe, that. I believe that. I believe that's even probably good if we just kind of said that out of our mouths today. Right now, and just say this with me: In Jesus' name, In Jesus name by God's, God's, grace, God's grace, I'm going to rise, up, going to rise up, not up, not give up. I'm going to have a victory party, not a, victory party not a pity party. A pity party. In, Jesus In Jesus' name, there's grace today. There's mercy today. Have anybody do the little thing of here? What's this? It's the little world's smallest little violin. Saying, uh, I did, this was way before Spongebob, so <laughs> this was Baylor campus, 1979. But, uh, but that's the kind of spirit that, that Caleb have. a different kind of spirit. God has not just called us. I believe he's called the greater body of Christ to have this, to have a spirit that is different than the spirit of the age. And it's related to how you and I respond pressure and opposition. And God's going to strengthen us to respond rightly. We've been doing it today with our confession and our worship. Paragraph B there in the first part of number 13, Numbers 13, it talks about the 12 spies. Joshua and Caleb were two of the 12 who went into the promised land to see what it was like. Then it goes on to describe how they went in, spied out the land, and how they came back. And the report they brought back in Numbers 13, 27 and following is what we're going to look at now. It's Numbers 13, 27 through 33. And thank you, Sloan, for putting that up on the the board there. It's not in your notes necessarily, so let's look at it. They're bringing this report back to Moses. They've gone in for 40 days, spied out the land. Then they told him, Moses, and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Now, in modern Hebrew, Anak is the word for a giant. So if you were over in Jerusalem right now and you ordered a giant ice cream, it would be an Anak ice cream. In Jesus' name, there you go. If you love ice cream, you can go to... Try that at Amy's Ice Cream in Austin, right? I'd like an Anak ice cream. they will be like, we don't have that flavor, you know. But it's, they saw the giants, the giants are the descendants of Anak. The, verse 29, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. They're giving their report. So, as they give their report, apparently there was some sort of protest that rose up when they said, when they gave, were giving this report. Because, and then in verse 30, Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Verse 31, but the man who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. So two exact, completely opposite reports, one verse after the other. The first one was Caleb, we are well able. The next verse, the rest of the ten spies say, we are not able. Well able and not able. That reminds me of, uh, how many of you remember Rosie the Riveter in uh, World War II? All right, good, there it is. We can do it, All right. That spurred me to thinking, you know, and then I found this little meme of of Caleb saying, <laughs> "We can do it." So, uh, history—I know uh, what—it's amazing. We can do it, but the rest were saying we can't do it. We're well able, and we're not able. I did a little math. I did my little calculator out. Two of the twelve said we are able. So that's uh, 17% said we're able, 83%, well, it's 16.77 something, 17%, 83% said we're not able, a different spirit. If we step into the different spirit, it's not your personality type says, I'm bold, I watch UFC, I'm, you know, (laughs) I eat my vegetables, you know, I'm Popeye, you know. No, it's an anointing we can step into that's a different spirit than the spirit of the age. And as we will see, it really matters to your family, to the people around you. It's a really solemn passage. I'm not trying to, I'm not going to get away from how this has been hitting me. Verse 32, and they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. The enemy would try to say that. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Roman numeral 3. So they began to say, we'll never make it. And then chapter 14, verses 1 through 10, goes on to tell the results of these two reports. Verse 1. So all the congregation of Numbers 14. All the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in the wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children... Remember, this is the land God said I'm giving you. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt so they said to one another, "Let us select a leader and return to Egypt." Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But verse six: Joshua and Caleb, Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, they tore their clothes as a sign of that's a sign of mourning or great distress. Back to the results of these two reports. Joshua and Caleb, they tore their clothes, verse 7, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, the land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Now, I had to stop there this week and went, yes. Yes. I want that kind of grace on my life where I see the enemy trying to intimidate me and I go, you're going to be my bread. You're going to pay my bills. You you thought you were going to steal from me, but God says you're going to repay me sevenfold what you've stolen from me. It's kind of like King David you know, he's looking at that uncircumcised Philistine, and they're like, hey, there's all this prize money, and then, then there's all these other things. He's like, no, you're not going to get me, Goliath. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have your head. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, that's that kind of anointing that God wants to call us into. They are our bread. You're going to repay me sevenfold. You know, why, why can we say that? Because, yeah, in Colossians 2.15, you might want to write that down. I don't think it's in your notes. It's a verse that the, that the devil doesn't want you to know. It says, On the cross, Satan disarmed the principalities. I mean, not Satan. On the cross, Jesus, having disarmed principalities and powers, he, made, he triumphed over them, making an open show of them by the cross. So Satan was defeated completely. When Jesus said, it is finished, he completely defeated the enemy on the cross. Yeah. Therefore, we can say, I am victorious over my enemies because I'm in Christ. I am in Christ, therefore I can be victorious. I will not be shaken. I can be <laughs> victorious, like Kaylee said earlier. Todd shared something with me last week or week, two weeks ago about something he does, he sets his phone to a certain time to pray a specific prayer need. And I had my, so I took, I took your advice, Todd, and I spoke to my phone and I set, a, set something at it and said, every day at this time, I want to pray for this thing. And yesterday, it went off, last night it went off and I stopped and the Lord gave me this, because each time it goes off, it like resets my mind and you know the truth is, it resets my mouth. It's like every time it goes off, I'm like, I haven't been speaking right stuff. Oh, here I go. It just, back, back on, GPS, set right. And then, and when that thing went off last night, Isaiah 54, 17 came in my spirit. No weapon formed against that situation will prosper. And so what I'm talking about right now is how David, I mean, how uh, Caleb said, there are bread. Okay, so this thing starts coming And I start praying, Isaiah 54, 17, it says, every tongue rising against you in judgment, you, Glenn, shall condemn it. So I started going, I'm going to condemn this thing with my own... And it's like courage rose up in me because of the promises of God. Now, going on, verse 9, for they are our bread, their protection has departed from them. So Caleb and Joshua are encouraging the people, saying, hey, don't don't give up. Their protection has departed from them, them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And all the congregation said to stone them with stones, so it didn't go over. (laughs) But then, I haven't been able to get off this part. As soon as they said, stone them with stones, what does it say? Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. So when you feel like it's insurmountable and it's like nothing's happening and I'm feeling this this attack over my life, the glory of the Lord's right there with you. The glory of the Lord's appearing right in the middle of the shaking. I believe that. That stuck out to me. Roman numeral 4. Then we read the Lord's response. We see their response. We see the report. We see their response. The people's response. They wanted to go back to Egypt. Then we read the Lord's response. Numbers 14, 26 through 34. And these verses, and this is kind of where I'm going to land here. These verses have very important lessons for us today. It's not just historical facts back then. I believe the Lord's speaking this to us at this time. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, verse 26, Numbers 14, and said, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? I have heard the complaints which the children of Israel make against me. Say to them, As I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in the wilderness All of you who were numbered according to your entire number, from twenty years old and above, except for Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore I would make you dwell in. But your little ones, whom you said would be victims, I will bring in, and they shall know the land which you have despised. But as for you, your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness and your sons shall be shepherds in the wilderness for 40 years and bear the brunt of your infidelity. Let's stop right there and say, I preached a message a few weeks ago. Be strong and courageous for the people's sake. What we do, what we decide to do in this hour, in faithfulness, in strength, in courage, it matters I don't want my children and my grandchildren to bear any brunt of my infidelity. Until your carcasses are consumed in the wilderness, verse 34, according to the number of the days in which you spied out the land, 40 days for each day, you shall bear your guilt one year. So they went in 40 days in the land. That was 40 years of bearing the consequences that the children would need to, uh, that they'd be wandering in the wilderness, namely 40 years, and you shall know my rejection. Caleb was around 35 years old when he spied out the land. He didn't, so that, he, that means he didn't enter in until he was 75. Thus was the, the results of so many not believing the report of the Lord. Paragraph A, uh, verse 28, I'm gonna go back up to that. God says, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. I wonder how many of us would be happy today if God said that about us. Glenn, just as you have been speaking, so I will do to you. Proverbs 18, 21 says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Basically, basically, we settle our destiny By the words we speak. We settle our destiny. All of the 12 spies settled their destiny. The people who responded with a negative response to the reports settled their destiny. God didn't settle their destiny. They settled it themselves. Paragraph C, think about it. Your eternal destiny as a Christian began with what you believed in your heart and with what you said out of your mouth. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Your eternal destiny got set in motion by the words, convert, Romans ten ten with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So if your whole Christian walk started with what you said your eternal destiny got set but now what happens but from that time for me it was March 3rd 21st 1976 a Sunday night service in Albuquerque New Mexico I said Jesus I make you Lord of my life Lord and Savior which hit just hit me in 2 weeks it's my birthday 45 years. But from 1976 till now, the degree of encounter I have with the heart of Jesus and the degree of experience that I have in my life with the promises and the blessings that Jesus provided are so much determined upon what comes out of my mouth. Negative or positive. And so... I wonder how much I know in my life I want I say Lord help me with the words of my mouth help me to say the right things Luke 6:38 It's Jesus is talking there about measuring out you know, the primary context is about financial but Luke 6:38 in the Berean translation it says with that measure you measure it will be measured again to you. I don't believe it's just about finances. I believe it's, it's a kingdom principle. Whatever we measure out with our words, the Lord says, I'm going to measure back to you. That which you've said, I will do to you what you have said in my ears, I will give to you. So I want to do a little illustration. Pastor Nate, if you don't mind holding this. Pastor Nate, this is a measuring tape. we will get here. Sorry. He's never seen that. By the way, my phone's going to go off in a minute because it's going to remind me of something. So I'm going to, well, there it is. That's not prophecy. But you know what? That's going to remind me of something that just fits right now. Um, I have now set my alarm. I talked to my little phone. I said 1.30 p.m. every day because according to military, it's not 1.30 right now. I could have have preached until 1.30, and then it would have really fit, but I didn't. Um, But 1.30 is 13.30 in military time to remind me of Numbers 13.30. And at 1.30 each day, that's going to go off, and I'm going to say, Lord, whatever I'm facing, I'm going to say, in your name, by your grace, I am well able to overcome that. That's my set. Now this phone. We're redeeming the phone, right? So to that which you measure out will be measured back to you, okay? All right, so what were the words of that song? We will not be shaken. Yeah. Uh, Well, let's go with, just say a verse. Say, Say a line, please. Okay, see that? All, whatever you just said (laughs) was really cool. All those against me will fall. For I trust in my God, and through his unfailing love, I will not be shaken. I measured out with my mouth the opposite of what the enemy wanted to say. Don't trust in God. You're going to be shaken, okay? Okay? Uh, uh, Death, nor life, nor angels or powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything created can separate me from the love of God. I could swing this back, but then you'd be mad. But the Lord basically, here's what I'm saying. The Lord says, you measure it out, I'll measure it back. You want more encounter with my heart? Measure out how much nothing can separate you from my love, and you can encounter his love. Courage. We will not be shaken. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. Let's see amen. If you can, Micah, if y'all can come up. It's like Jesus is handing us, and it's really with the offering too, Todd. He hands us a measuring stick and Luke 6, 38, for that which you measure out, how much? And there's mercy today because I have been more convicted about this message than I can think of. I mean, I get convicted every time with messages, but really convicted about the words out of my mouth. James 3 says the tongue is like a little match that sets on fire, the, the, a forest fire. James 3 says our tongue can be set on fire by hell. Strong words, but that's James 3, 6. Acts 2 says the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost with tongues as of fire, and they spoke in tongues. Our tongue can be set on fire by hell or by heaven. I've been praying, Lord, set my tongue on fire from heaven. I'd like you to stand up if you would. I want to open this altar for those who would agree with me, would want you to come. And I'm going to pray. I want us to pray for fresh fire to fall. Just come on up right now. If you want your tongue set on fire by heaven and there's a, heart, a desire in you to say, Lord, forgive me for speaking, complaining forgive me for not speaking words of faith? What have I been thinking? What have have I been saying to myself? You may, here's a big one. You may not have been saying it out loud, but what have you been saying to yourself? What are the words that have gone through your mind? How would it be if God said, Glenn, the words you've said the last 48 hours, just as you have spoken, I'll do to you would you want that? I was like, Lord, what about the last five years? How have I been speaking? So right now, let's just ask the Lord to forgive our tongues. Forgive us for for complaining, for, for speaking soulish negatively, other, other kinds of utterances. I'm just going to throw this in. I have been convicted about saying, two words this last year and every time I just say Lord be it like soap in my mouth I've been saying crazy way too much that's crazy this is crazy I'm just talking about me now nobody and I've been saying weird that's weird this is so weird did you know the word weird defined as having power to control your destiny. It's referring to the witches in Shakespeare's Macbeth. So I want my destiny in God to be released by speaking faith. And so I've asked the Lord, please forgive me for saying crazy and weird. Because there is a spirit Released in our world today of insanity. There's a spirit of mental attack and I don't want to add to that. Now again, I'm not telling you, I'm just telling you my personal conviction. So Lord, even now, let's just, Lord, forgive us, forgive me. Forgive me, especially of the things I've uttered inwardly about myself, Out of frustration with my circumstances. I don't want my tongue set on fire by hell. Pastor Nate, could you come up here? I want you to pray for the fire to fall on us. I want the I want I want the fire. Okay, so I'm just shifting into now I'm being I'm at the I'm at the trough and I want to eat. I want the food I want my tongue set on fire by heaven and I want to speak yeah I declare I declare across this room God is calling you to be like John the Baptist. He's calling us ministers to be a flame of fire. Fidelis where are you Fidelis? He's called, He's making you a burning and shining lamp and out of your mouth the fire the fire of God. Lord, let's just receive that right now. Lord, make me a burning and shining lamp in this hour. Fill me with oil. I want my destiny to be all the way. I want to move into all the promised land that you have provided, Jesus. I I don't want my children to bear the brunt of infidelity. Forgive me, Lord, and touch me now with fire. Some of you today, right now, you may, be back, become, you may speak in tongues first, for the first time. Baptism in the Holy Spirit, speak in tongues. Some of you today may not have really ever come to Jesus. You've never said with your mouth, Jesus, you're my, I make you my Lord and my Savior. You believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, but you haven't ever confessed it. Confess Him today and receive salvation today. Ben will be right here to pray with you right there. Okay, Pastor.